Good morning. I'm Frank Kaufman. I'm the president of the 12 Gates Foundation. Dr. Kaufman will speak on the theme of tradition, youth, and new family values. Dr. Kaufman, you have the floor. Thank you. I'd like to thank Dr. Otsuka and Jacques Marion and Dr. Sullivan, Dr. Sullivan, for my invite here. I'm very humbled and honored to be with all of you. I'm very moved by your willingness to dedicate a day with such seriousness to an important topic or important topics. My assignment is to speak on the matter of transmitting values from one generation to the next or to the youth. I believe my content may move in somewhat of a controversial direction. So I ask your uh, patience and please understand that the whole of my intention is that when, when we seek to do something for the sake of good, that we have to do it rigorously and well. And so some of the challenges you may encounter or hear as I present my work is meant to bring us to a point where our conversations have genuine impact and are not careless in any way. So thank you for staying with me for these uh, matters. So if we're talking about passing values on to young people or family values, what are values? There's no common agreement on what values are in fact. A commonly used definition of what values are, they are beliefs that motivate people to act in one way or another. Values are beliefs that motivate people to act in one way or another. They serve as a guide to human behavior. Values serve as a guide to human behavior. Here are some values randomly selected. You can see them, you can recognize some. Some of them might be your own values, and some of these might guide your behavior. The next thing I ask is, does holding lofty values guarantee that these will make you a good person? The answer is quite simply, no, it does not. Nobody can argue with this because even the lofty values I hold frequently fail to result in my excellent behavior. I fail at the standard of my own values frequently. There's many good people that hold lofty values that do great harm or do little or no good. So if we're committed to the dissemination or to the description of values, is it because we're hoping to make people good or hoping to make society good? If that's why we're doing that, then we pick the wrong path because values do not make people good. They serve as guide for behavior. If we're hoping to make people good, we need to concentrate on other matters, not merely the introduction or description or, or dissemination of values, no matter how great we think they are or no matter how wonderfully we think we patch them together. We can dedicate ourselves to being the most clever people in the world and putting all kinds of great systems and descriptions and entertaining or attractive or compelling descriptions of values together 
But if our desire is to make people good, we're misdirecting ourselves. So if that's the case, why, why do we then need to involve ourselves in the description of values at all? There's two reasons. One is that while values cannot make us good, we have no chance of being good without high values. Since values guide our behavior, if we have the capacity to create good behavior, they will follow the values we hold. So it's absolutely necessary to do an excellent job of defining values, because if we can succeed, they will define what our behavior will be. We can't be good without them. The second thing, and this is an important part of what I want to discuss in the moment, is, is what values do is not empower our behavior. There's other, other means that we need to concentrate. But what they do is they create unity. They create unity. If we all hold the same values, we are capable of behaving in harmony with one another. We can pursue the same goals. We can act in concert, in unity. We can perform magnificently. We're, we're unimpeded by slight differences. Say you're a dance troupe and one believes that a pirouette is best performed in this way or that way. If there's even the slightest differences in, in what one is committed to, so values, the beauty of values is their precision creates ever greater harmony and ever greater beauty. That's why we need to discuss them closely and come to common agreement about what they would be. So what we are seeking in values is oneness, not goodness. The goodness comes from picking the right values, but what values can do is create our unity. And the reason why unity is valuable more than valuable, is unity prevents conflict. Conflict obstructs the capacity for society to improve, period. For anything to improve, for your family to improve, to your, for ourselves to improve. Anything with conflict is obstructed, hampered, and rendered impotent. Values serves unity. Unity supports progress and development. This is the beauty of values, and this is why a careful and, and elegant presentation like the Sellovers is so nice because if, if we can say, ah, I'm there, I'm with that, then we have a whole room that we can count on moving in harmony. So it's unity that we pursue. The next thing I want to look at is the word or concept called family values. And here I want to say that both of these are, are not useful without more careful work. They can't create goodness, as I just argued. Values can't create goodness. Other things create goodness, like a religious regimen, like self-discipline, like study. Uh, that's what creates goodness, practice. But also, the word family values is insufficient to create unity, which is what I said is the main reason for pursuing a shared definition of values. And here's why I want to show that. And, and here's why I hope I'm not making you uncomfortable by sounding so negative along the way. But I've picked some examples of family, an Anglican family, a traditionalist Muslim family, 
a traditionalist Yoruba family. A Yoruba is from a Nigeria area in Africa, the traditional African religion. And an LGBTQ married couple. Does everybody know that phrase, LGBTQ? Are people familiar with what it means? It, it would be a homosexual couple. Uh, 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 two men calling themselves parents, and uh, calling themselves married and calling themselves parents. Or two women calling themselves married and calling themselves parents. So that's an LGBTQ. The, uh, the, the homosexual movement has all, the, has all these letters. That isn't even all them. They have more letters now, but lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer. And it goes on and on. The, the terms continue. So if we were to ask each of these types of families, an Anglican couple or a, uh, a, an Albanian couple, husband and wife, man and woman, loving just as they described it, man and woman love each other, love their children. If we were to ask them, do you believe in family values? Yes. Uh, if you would ask a, a Muslim with four wives, do you believe in family values? Yes. Each one, even the gay, even the gay couple, the homosexual couple, raising, I don't know, adopted children or somehow inseminated children, whatever, however, they would insist on family values. What are family values? Here are family values. We just heard them. Respect your elders. Respect your spouse. Care for your children. Care for your siblings. Everyone will say that's what we're doing. That's why, why who we are. It's a thing about us. So, uh, so just to merely say we're for family values is, is not sufficient to the work we hope to do. If everyone says, I completely support family values, do you, can, can someone living in London or can someone, can someone living here, I, I'm curious, in, in Tirana, I don't know, I'm new here. Can you have four, could I have four wives if I wanted? It's against the rules, huh? Even if I insisted that I really care for each one, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, it's not allowed, but it isn't, it isn't related to family values per se. It's related to some other thing. That's, and that's what we really need to look at closely. What is it related to that a, a Muslim, the concept of four wives I believe is drawn from Quranic teachings, from sacred teachings. Could a gay couple live in uh, Afghanistan under the Taliban? I don't think so. I really don't think so. And so there's, there are things about family structures that are downright rejected, downright forbidden, un, not allowed in our country as somehow out of sorts. But it isn't from family values. It's from some other thing. And so as we seek to collectively come up with the, the highest imaginable dream of, of how we can live as human, of how our lives can be fulfilled, of, of what must be the best way for us, what I want for my daughters or my sons. We realize just in this few short moments that we can't really just use the term family values and presume that we're all on track to really getting the job done. What causes these differences? What causes these differences? Basically, 
it comes from traditions that are held sacred. Monogamy comes, it comes from cultures and it comes from traditions held sacred. We want to eventually come to a world where we can all live, where we all agree on what's the best way to live so we can trust one another. If I believe in monogamy and a young man marries my daughter, I hope that, oh, I'm, I'm just about out of time. Okay, I, there was no clock ticking on me. So what I'll do then uh, in order to be fair and faithful to my obligations is this. We, we encounter contrary cultures. We meet sincere people who hold views on family structures different from our own. How do we start to move towards harmony? is the question. Now, that, what I call this a horizontal, uh, a horizontal universe of difference. It's, it's geographical. It's, it's uh, one's in Iran, one's in Belgrade, one's in New York. It's horizontal. And there are cultures. We have to respect cultures, work with them, be di dialogical with different cultures in order to try to move towards harmony. What I would introduce for the idea of passing values to your children is I would like to flip that cultural difference and say generations are like nations or generations are like cultures. So when I'm trying to communicate to my children or to young people, they have a culture that I must come to understand. And I must be in dialogue with it. It's, it's in this way that essential values can successfully be transmitted and shared and expand and grow. If elders think they hold the whole truth, they have no capacity to transmit culture and we lose our children, just like we would lose our relations horizontally through uh, different cultures. So thank you for your time and attention. Appreciate it.